0: hello america and welcome to a new edition of john solomon reports the podcast from just the news where today we're going to turn up two very important issues you know tax day is just around the corner monday the 18th is tax day you have until sunday night to get your business done but someone and somebody or some agency that isn't getting its business done well right now is the internal revenue service the irs really remarkable egregious red flags being raised or it's just a gao government accountability office audit so the independent investigative arm of congress put out a stinging audit of just how bad things are in the irs and you know what some people like liz warren the senator from massachusetts she wants to actually let the irs or mandate that the irs fill out your taxes for you take away your ability to fill out your taxes honestly we've got a great guest to talk about that david williams he's the president of the Taxpayers Protection Alliance Foundation, really important voice on all things taxes, government spending. We're going to talk about all of these amazing revelations that are coming out about the IRS, just as you're probably finishing up your taxes for the year, if you're one of those late birds waiting to the very end to get the paper into the IRS. That's going to be up first. And then in the second segment, we're going to bring back John Zadrozny was one of President Trump's most important advisors on all things immigration on the border. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what Texas has been doing, driving the illegal aliens up to Washington, dumping them on the street here, negotiating with the Mexican governor to create a border security perimeter for parts of Texas. That's a big deal. And I want to focus on something that John wrote about because we don't talk about it enough. Democrats and liberals who have this open border policy say, listen, we're trying to help people get a better life by coming to the United States. But that's not the reality of what's happening. Women and children are being brutalized, victimized, taken advantage of, raped, and other heinous crimes occurring to them as they're making this unlawful journey to the United States because child smuggling, human trafficking, sex trafficking, drug trafficking is at an all-time high in this explosion of illegal immigration that Joe Biden unleashed on America. We're going to talk with John about the honest, true human toll. We are not making the lives of young women, of children, of young men uh, better because the drug cartels, the sex trafficking cartels, the child pornography cartels are victimizing these immigrants as they make their journey here. And then even after they get in here, John wrote a really epic op-ed in The Federalist a few weeks ago. It reminds us that what the rhetoric of the left on open borders is not matched by the reality of what's going on with these humans that have been victimized by this system. We're going to capture both of those. I think those are two very important stories to tell. I can't wait to tell them. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. First up, when we get back, David Williams, get ready. We're going to put a spotlight on the IRS. Yep, we're going to give them a little audit like the GAO did. and You can hear a little bit about how dysfunctional that agency is IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash news. That's tnusa.com slash news. Folks, if you get your wallet stolen or your cell phone or your car, we know what it is. It's old-fashioned theft. It's crime. We know it. Criminals now have a new way to steal our most valuable asset, our homes. Older Americans are most vulnerable to these types of thefts, and that's because they more often own their homes outright. An 88-year-old Florida woman recently discovered that scammers forged her signature, created a fake deed to her home, and then took her property. Those who buy a property from a deed theft scammer often become victims as well. What can you do to protect yourself? It's simple. My good friends at Home Tidal Lock provide the premier detection technology to protect your home All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. Uh, There has been a lot of talk about the IRS in recent weeks, uh, amassing a larger bureaucracy and becoming more and more inefficient by the day. But now there's been a massive leak of Americans' private taxpayer information. It's been out there for about 24 hours. It has shocked the conscience of people on all sides of the political aisle. And our next guest knows a lot about the IRS. He keeps an eye on them day and night for us so that we can sleep a little more comfortably. Joining us right now is the president of the Taxpayers Protection Alliance, David Williams. David, great to have you on.
1: Thanks for having me. And boy, there's a lot going on because we're approaching tax day and people are really stressed out enough, right? Is finishing their taxes, submitting them and hopefully getting a refund check if they're due a refund in a timely manner. But, you know, bringing up this part about um, this tax information being released by the IRS, this is very troublesome because this happened last year. We saw this about the same time last year where we saw the tax rates of these billionaires that was illegally released. Now, let's this be, this be clear that this is Yeah, this is that
0: clearly was, illegality.
1: Yeah, and some of these billionaires I take issue with when it comes to their ideology, but, I, you know, but that means nothing when it comes to illegal actions by the IRS um, leaking their personal information. And we've seen it again. And like you said, in the last 24 hours, we've seen it again. And there is a rogue element inside the IRS that is doing this. Congress has not been able to stop this. The administration has not been able to stop this. And I am very concerned about the privacy of people's information uh, because the IRS is being weaponized. It's being weaponized right now against higher earners. But what if they decide to go against conservatives? You know, we we just or even progressives. I mean, listen, this is across the board a problem. So this is an, an alarm bell that needs to be
0: ringing a lot right now oh absolutely and you know this is the most basic form of privacy americans have always been able to count on until this administration where we've seen massive tax leaks in the last uh, year and as you as you point out uh, the Uh, The taxpayer laws are clear. This is a federal felony. Every time a single person's tax information has been released, and now we see uh, uh, scores of people in this category just in today. I wanna go to the state of the IRS because beyond the weaponization, beyond the leaking and all the things that we started to see under Lois Lerner, uh, there are really significant uh, management and performance failures at the IRS, I just saw this GAO report came out. Um, I think earlier this week, and it basically talks about you know a bureaucracy that is in significant strife, and it's simply not meeting um, any of the expectations that a business would have to meet, or that the American taxpayer expects. What is going on with the IRS?
1: That's a great question because you're right. This report came out from the GAO earlier this week that um, they're having problems with electronic uh, returns, so they're saying people should submit paper returns, which is insane. It's 2022. I know. (laughs) We should not be submitting paper returns. There's only one place to go
0: from here, which is stone tablets. I mean, this is crazy. (laughs) Exactly. Smoke signals at this point. Exactly. There you go. I think,
1: you know, the fundamental problem is that we are expanding the IRS's powers and responsibilities because we have the child tax credit. Uh, you know, with as part of COVID relief, we had the stimulus checks that went out and we've had stimulus checks go out before. So it's not just COVID relief and the IRS can't do this. And I don't know if you remember this, but in 2021, the first checks went out. The IRS sent about a billion dollars to dead people. Now, the reason, this is the, the rationale because someone asked, said, why are you sending checks to dead people? An IRS official said no one told us we couldn't or that we shouldn't. I mean, this is the critical thinking that's going on inside this agency is that they had to be told not to send checks to dead people. But this gets back to a bigger issue, and that is the IRS expanding their reach and expanding their powers, is that they're supposed to be more of a processing agency. You send in your return. They figure out, do you owe or do you get a refund? Boom. That's it. They are doing so much more now, and I think that's why they're, they're struggling, but again, This is across the board. We see this in every government agency is that they expand. And government agencies and bureaucracies expand. They don't contract. And when it comes to the IRS, be very, very afraid.
0: Yeah, listen, and it's our founding fathers knew this would be the case, that if we created these massive central government agencies that over time they would fail and they would uh, uh, suffocate freedom and suffocate uh, privacy uh, or break privacy. And so our founding fathers had this great distrust of big federal agencies, and the IRS just keeps getting bigger and bigger, particularly under democratic Administrations, which seems to put more and more resources. Now, uh, there is, a, in the midst of all this strife, in the midst of all this poor performance, in the midst of the long delays of people still not getting their 2020 tax returns processed, Senator Elizabeth Warren, one of my favorite liberal ideas persons, because everything she has uh, makes you scratch your head. But she says, I have an idea. We should let the IRS do something more. Tell us about that and how crazy this idea may be.
1: Listen, I thought Washington, D.C. was all out of bad ideas uh, (laughs) until, until Senator Warren said, you know, instead of just processing your returns, they should actually fill out your returns for you as a taxpayer. Now, think about this for a second. First of all, the IRS has the IT infrastructure from 30, 40, 50 years ago, so they probably can't even handle to do this you know, just technologically, right? They can't do it. But even if they could, do you really think that an IRS official is going to sit there and try to get you your best refund or minimize, you know, the the tax that you owe? Absolutely not. And that's why I trust myself. I trust a private sector company that's saying, okay, now let's think about this. You know, did you donate to any charities? Did you donate? And, you know, going through that process, the IRS, they're not going to ask that question. They're just going to say, "How much can we squeeze out of this taxpayer?" And you know something? We're going to look at the income level of this taxpayer, and the lower income folks, we're going to squeeze more because we have audited, and the IRS has audited lower income folks at a higher rate than higher income folks because they know that a lower income household cannot afford to, to hire yeah. an accountant, a lawyer, and you know, time and time again, it's it, you know, this is what happens. So. All of these things are interconnected, and at the core of it is the IRS expanding their power and some people in the Senate you know, giving them the blessing the blessing to expand the power, which is even worse.
0: Yeah, it, it is unreal. Just think about that. You know, the IRS wants to fill out your tax reforms. They're not going to have your best interest at heart when they do this. They're going to try to squeeze every dollar from you to, uh, to go towards that incredible $5.8 trillion a uh, dollar budget we have I want to move to something that was the one of the great Economic stimuli of the uh, the last five six years, the Trump tax cuts in 2017. There are now a uh, lots of uh, studies that show that it it did have a trickle down effect, that it really did benefit people in all classes of uh, uh, in all economic classes. But some of them have sunset sunset provisions coming up in the next couple of years. How important is it from a policy perspective an economic wellness perspective that those tax uh, cuts be made permanent?
1: Well, I think you have to look at the last four and a half years as to what those tax cuts have done. And like you said, uh, you know, we saw this after the first month of the tax cuts, people were getting uh, these bonus checks for $1,000. Businesses were expanding. And I remember uh, Nancy Pelosi said, oh, boy, $1,000, that's not a lot of money to give someone. Well, that's someone who's clearly out of touch. Because when you talk to a household, and they're getting the $1,000 check, they are thrilled. And We saw the corporate tax rate that was reduced from 40 percent to 21 percent. And what people and I hope people do realize is that had such a major economic impact on this country because businesses stayed in this country. They didn't leave. And, you know, over the during the Obama administration, we had a Burger King who inverted with Tim Hortons and inversion is kind of a fancy word of saying they just shifted their paperwork to Canada so they could, you know, pay You know, Canadian taxes, not U.S. taxes, but we saw a lot of those inversions during the Obama administration when we had the really high corporate tax rate. Businesses came back to this country after the corporate tax rate was cut, and you know what that means? More people were hired. You had higher employment at these companies, and we can't let these tax cuts expire. It would be devastating to this economy. We already have 8.5% inflation, which is a tax. Let's be clear. When you have 8.5% inflation, that is a tax on consumers. And consumers know it. They go to the gas pump, they go to the grocery store, they see inflation. And to do a double or maybe triple whammy by letting these tax cuts expire, it would just kill this country. It would just be shameful. There aren't enough adjectives (laughs) for me to describe how bad it would be for this country if we let the tax cuts expire.
0: It really is remarkable. And and I don't think we're going to see a lot of action this year but if if there is a new congress that's going to be the time to watch if republicans were to gain control uh next year that could be one of the most important things that could be done because the economic certainty it brings to people as well is really important you can start planning ahead and not worrying that these taxes are going to go in reversal on you and i think a lot of businesses are looking at for that um, economic and regulatory certainty. It's gonna be very, very interesting to, to see where that ends. David, as you look out now, what is, we're a couple, uh, a few, maybe really hours, but a couple of days away from the final tax deadline for 2021 people filing their taxes. What is the state of taxation in America? How much of our hard earnings are being taken away from us by the various levels of government when you look around?
1: Well, the state of taxation is not good because you know, we see gas taxes, we see all sorts of these discriminatory taxes, whether it's tobacco, you name it. And of course, these taxes, we know who they hurt, disproportionately, lower income folks. Um, So that's, we're in a really bad state of taxation. But I, but I have to tell you, and you know, you said something uh, a couple of minutes ago is that, you know, we probably will have a new Congress in 2023. I mean, listen, all the polls are showing that um, the House and possibly the Senate will flip to the Republicans. And, you know, I am. I have mixed feelings about Mitch McConnell as Senate Majority Leader.
0: Yeah, you're not alone. We had Newt Gingrich on here yesterday, and he really took a whack at McConnell, saying he's almost as bad as Pelosi. So you're you're not a you're in good company.
1: <laughs> but when it comes to the tax cuts, Mitch McConnell will not let these expire because this was his signature piece of legislation in the Senate in 2017. When tax reform was passed, it flew through the House. Um, and the Senate was really tough. But Mitch McConnell got his forces together. So, again, I'm not am not a fanboy of Mitch McConnell. But this is one thing that I don't think he will ever let happen. Uh, so that's that's a positive. And, you know, I know we don't have enough time, but we also at some point in this country, we have to talk about spending and yeah. the spending addiction by this Congress. But one thing at a time. And it's tax day. Please Fill out your taxes, send them in because you do not want the long arm of the IRS breathing down your neck. And especially if you're middle or lower income, they will be breathing down your neck.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing, right? The lowest earners are, are are some of the greatest at risk right now. It seems as yeah. though the system is in <laughs> is gone backwards for some reason. Um, really remarkable, David. Thanks so much for your time, today. There is the next time we have you on. I want to really dig into where can we begin to uh, cut this government. This 5.8 trillion dollar budget last year is just, or this for this coming year is is mind numbing when you think about the legacy of debt we're passing on to future generations. And uh, there doesn't seem to be anyone on either side that has an idea to cut. So I want to bring you back in a couple of weeks and once we get through taxes and really start to focus on that. I think that could be one of the most important conversations we can have.
1: Happy to do it. And like you said, it's a challenge for Republicans and Democrats when it comes to cutting spending. So it's going to be a great discussion.
0: Yeah, I can't wait where well, I'm excited. All right, David, thanks again. We'll have you on soon. Thank you. All right folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to be talking a little bit about the border right after this. You know what folks, stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. And use the promo code JustNews50 to get 50% off. That's the code JustNews50 at Factormeals.com. One more time, Factormeals.com slash JustNews50. Use the JustNews50 code and you will get 50% off your first order. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. My head is still spinning from that amazing conversation about the IRS, but we're going to take it to the southern border right now where one of the largest humanitarian crises in world history is amassing as we speak. Uh, Our next guest knows this issue inside and out. He was one of President Trump's most trusted advisors on border and immigration issues. He's now a key player at the brand new America First Legal uh, Group. Uh, Joining me right now, we've had him on many times before, is John Zedrozny. John, great to have you on. Hey, John. Thanks for having me on today. It is always great to have it. Every time you come on, I feel like I'm smarter at the end of the conversation. So I can't wait to have this conversation. I want to start with something that's happening right outside my door, just a couple blocks down the street. Uh, the second bus of illegal immigrants rounded up by Texas authorities was driven all the way from Texas and dropped here in Washington, D.C., uh, telling Joe Biden, you want them? You got them. Your thoughts on the governor's strategy.
2: I, I, John, I think what Governor Abbott's doing is wonderful. I, I actually think he took – thankfully, was willing to take a page from Governor DeSantis's book, who was doing this earlier in the year, uh, I believe sending them to points north of D.C., I believe New, New England. So uh, glad that uh, Governor Abbott's on the train. I hope other governors start doing the same. And uh, I do find it really funny. I'm sure that, that there are a few things um, that make the Biden administration as unhappy as uh, governors pushing back and showing that they have authority and that they're not just symbolic – districts of a larger government, (laughs) Um, they actually have sovereignty. And so uh, I couldn't help but notice Jen Psaki went nuts the other day at the podium when asked about this, saying that they don't they can't do that and you don't have to get on that bus. Um, Well, it's going to be great. It's really nice to see that the governors are also, by the way, really disrupt. The reason it makes the Democrats so unhappy, the reason it makes the administration so unhappy is because they're disrupting the Democrats voter distribution plan Exactly. (laughs) because they want to send these people to specific targeted locations. Yep. And when a governor says, nope, we're dropping them off in D.C., that doesn't do them any good because nope. they win D.C. So
0: that's right. Um, so at the end of the day, you think their map of where they're dropping these illegal immigrants is designed to create electoral impact. Is that right?
2: I absolutely think that's the case. Wow. And if you look at it, the way it's happening, it's not. First of all, we don't really have a full picture of it, right. uh, John, the, the administration has not been transparent. They haven't even oh. given Democrat governors the courtesy heads up about people being transported to their states. Um, and really, I think that's what irritates these governors and, and mayors of big cities the most, because they they're the ones who have to deal with the costs and the burdens of these communities, uh, these people who are being dropped off. And many of them are not children. This is one of the dirty little secrets here. Um, you know, the, the cameras always conveniently show up when they're, it's a w- women with five year olds. Uh, but the reality is a lot of these people who are being shipped around the country via planes and buses are um, 15 to 35 year old males, uh, many with tattoos, gang members, dangerous people. We have no idea who they are. Uh, I had someone say to me the other day, I mean, it even made me pause the strength of what was said, um, that, uh, this looks like the, the profile of a standing army. Like they're, they're building, uh, this is what the person said to me. It looks like they're building a standing army with foreign nationals who are of fighting age. And I, I, you know, that to me, I don't even know how to respond to that, yeah. but I will say that demographic is completely accurate. You're having a lot of fighting age males being transported around the country. Now, they're probably not building an army, but they are right. just jumping a crime problem on local jurisdictions. Well, and it. we have no idea who these people are.
0: Yeah. And, and quite frankly, the people letting them in the front door or the back door, for that matter, uh, don't know who they are either, which I think is why this is so much a problem for uh, the country. We do not know who these people are because they dump their IDs at, on the other side of the border so that they have a, an excuse to come in the country and just claim who they Want to be, and uh, I, I find it amazing. I want to focus on a second thing that uh, Texas Governor Abbott just did, and that is he negotiated with one of the governors in Mexico to jointly, between Texas and the Mexico governor, close off one of the border entree entry points uh, into Texas. Literally taking on the role you normally, know, it's a president that deals with foreign leaders. A state doing this, uh, it seems like another novel, but potentially very effective a mechanism to try to close off certain areas to illegal immigration. What do you think?
2: I think that's great, John, that that he's doing that. It's funny because three years ago, four years ago, if you had said, or even before that, uh, said, hey, a governor is talking to the president of Mexico or local government officials in Mexico about preventing illegal aliens from coming over, people would have started babbling about the Logan Act. And they would have said, I don't know if we can do that or if it's appropriate. The, the, the delta between then and now is so substantial. The government's failure at the federal level is so substantial that the governors feel the need to do this. I think it's important that they're doing a, a, Governor Abbott's setting a great example. The reason why it's also helpful is I think sometimes absent other people speaking up, I don't even blame the Mexicans necessarily for not doing anything because they're only hearing one message and it's. Nothing from the current federal government, even just the voice of a governor to another governor in Mexico, conveys, wow, this is a problem. They're not all united. Maybe we should help and do something about it. I mean, I'm not naive. Mexico has been on and off helpful over the last decade or so on this sure. issue. They're helpful when it suits them. Right. But uh, it is nice to have a governor chip in. And I think the more governors and the more officials on our side of the aisle chip in and say, look, you can't do this to us. Um, we've got to work with you and we'd like to work with you. Um, you'll see some changes. i note too that these governors have relationships with other governors in Mexico. They have all sorts of business arrangements, cross-border business arrangements. So unless they're stepping on something that's firmly federal territory, there's nothing wrong with this conversation.
0: Yeah, no, it it, it seems to be federalism in full um, action now. These states have decided, you know what? The federal government is making our states worse. They're harming our security. They're harming our public health safety net. They're harming our crime um, uh, situation and we're not gonna take it anymore, so we're gonna take on the role. The most dramatic thing that some uh, uh, folks are talking about, and this began with the Arizona Attorney General, Mark Bernovich, we just had on the show a couple of uh, weeks ago, uh, uh, the idea that maybe at some point this influx of, um, uh, of illegal migrants can be called an invasion, which allows the state militias to kick into action. Carrie Lake, governor candidate down in Arizona, says the first day if she's elected, she's, she's signing a declaration of invasion do you think we're going to see that trend line sometime in the next six months, where there are formal declarations that America is being invaded, the federal government is failing, therefore the state militias take over?
2: The answer, John, I think is yes, and at least, at least I hope it's yes. Uh, and this gets back to the states' sovereignty, their independent sovereignty, and their ability to deal with their own problems. Um, you know, I, I think there are some people who it makes them squeamish to hear governors talk like this. For a bunch of different reasons, not with state, you know, including the use of the word invasion. Um, but the reality is the federal government's failing and states are still sovereign. The founding fathers would never ratify the Constitution if you told them the states wouldn't have any power under a federal government. And, and these governors still have constitutional obligations to protect the safety and health of their citizens. They have constitutional oaths to, to that effect. And so, uh, yeah, I do hope we see more of this. I, I was glad to hear Ms. Lake say that the other day. I hope she does get to be governor to do that. Um, and I hope other governors follow suit. One thing that I wanted to flag on this front, John, there are a lot of people who say, well, it's not really an invasion. It's, there's no general. It's not Pancho Villa. There's nobody with an army. I think the concept of invasion goes beyond the raw march of an army across a military – across a sovereign border. Um, you know, For example, you can make the argument that these governments are – Engaging in a passive invasion. Sure. Like they basically outsource their, their internal failed state failures to us yeah. by shipping hundreds of thousands of underemployed, um, uneducated people to the United States. And sometimes they're,
0: they're people that they're letting out of the prisons, right? That's one of the, the things that these countries are doing. They're kind of dumping their prisons out.
2: Oh, oh exactly. No, that is happening. This is a—it's the 21st century version of the burial boat lift. Um, they're basically <laughs> yeah. like they're shedding. They're shedding costs on us, John, like they're literally yeah. diverting. I remember one time in the White House we met in 2017 with the foreign minister of El Salvador. Perfectly nice man. We had a great conversation, but it was the saddest conversation I think I've ever had because he was arguing against the Trump administration, eliminating temporary protected status for El Salvador for an earthquake or a hurricane or something that happened a thousand years ago. I don't even remember what it was, but it had been on the books for more than 15 years. And uh, his message to us was, please don't end TPS, my country's government and people depend on the remittances that the Salvadoran nationals in the United States send back to the country. It was something like 25% of their GDP. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately that's, that's, we're seeing an expanded version of that now where these countries who cannot serve their people or don't want to serve their people are are basically letting them go. So I think you can, you can classify that as an invasion when you're not really doing anything about it and you're just basically shipping hundreds of thousands of your own people, which is kind of sad to the United States.
0: It's stunning. It really is stunning. And, and, um, We continue to feel the consequences. So it's bad now. It's almost as bad as it's been at any time in history. But the real avalanche, the real moment of extraordinary chaos, and we just had uh, the mayor of one of the border towns say that it will become an epic crisis. The second Title 42 is lifted. How bad a scenario are we looking at on May 23rd?
2: It's bad, John, I wish I could give you a hard number. Um, you know, you can see the current dynamic is not dissuading anyone from coming, even with Title 42 in place. Right. Um, you, you're seeing hundreds of thousands, the Department of Homeland Security's own numbers have indicated that in the last year, uh, they have let in basically just opened the door and said, come on in to 750,000 plus people. It's three quarters of a million people. I, I think that number, I, I, there may be more that they're formally letting in in different ways. And then there's the untold number of people who are getting across the border that we don't know because they don't turn themselves into the Border Patrol every morning at 930 on someone's ranch. Right. Um, but when you strip away Title 42, if you thought the, if you thought the green light was on now, hold on to your hat because yeah. that's, it is going to cause a greater influx because I'm sure there are some people who are saying, well, there's a 50-50 chance that I can get in. Um, That might get expelled under Title 42. I don't know if they had that sophistication of thought, but I'm sure someone's telling them, hey, you can go, you can't go. This is a good time. This is a bad time. Um, You know, once that ripple, that rumor ripple gets started, um, hundreds of, I would say you're going to see hundreds of thousands more people coming in. I'd also note, too, um, the Biden administration has been in violation of a federal court order since August. Um, They were compelled by a judge in August uh, in Texas to re-implement the migrant protection protocols. Yeah. Um, so between, which was basically what the Trump administration instituted to require that anyone applying for asylum had to wait in Mexico pending their asylum claim. Of course. So you, you had MPP plus title 42. We saw an incredible change at the border where you were, you were not seeing lots of people coming in. You were not seeing lots of people even trying to come to the U S border because they knew they weren't going to get in. So they basically undone MPP. They're letting in almost everyone, that they're not expelling under title 42 in now they're going to get rid of title 42 oh and by the way they've given the world a 60 day heads up <laughs> um so um everyone's got time to spool up for this and can, the you book to early
0: apparently yes yeah. it's like having that, an early vacation
2: yes yes it is
0: uh, it's unreal so, it's just so amazing to think that our country which has been built on a rule of law and and successfully so for 246 years, with so overtly obliterate the law. They can't change the law, right? Because there's not enough political will to change the law. So they seem to be just overtly violating it. It'll be interesting to see at what moment the courts take more drastic action against the president for failing to comply. Do you think there could be such a reckoning where the courts say, Mr. President, you're in contempt?
2: I don't see that happening, John. And I I do agree with you that I think you're gonna see some decisions coming down the pike. Uh, not only the ones that America First Legal is working on, but other decisions by state attorneys general and other people uh, where, the, where the, it's going to become clear that they are in violation of federal law. But, I mean, I don't think you really need a judge's opinion to see that. I think the bigger problem is th- there's – while I do look forward to courts issuing some of those decisions and, and making it clear that the law needs to be followed, I do worry about putting too much in the hands of judges here. The reality is what you're seeing with Governor Abbott, Governor DeSantis, other governors, A.G. Uh, e. Burnovich, you're seeing what should have happened a long time ago, which is states reasserting their control through political forces um, and expressing the will of their voters to protect their people, um, you know, because you could easily have a situation where a federal court comes down and says, no, they're not in violation of the law. It's really hit or miss. You know, one of the lefties that Obama or Biden have put on the bench are going to find whatever they want them to find. And so uh, that's not an excuse. We, we should like to see judges issue the correct decisions. But at the end of the day, the most important thing is that the states are reawakening to their sovereignty and their authority to protect their people, and hopefully you'll see more of that.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people are looking for that, and there are some really remarkable uh, actions by attorneys general that are really taking state rights, federalism, and uh, in, in winning time and time again in the courts. The track record of the Biden administration in the courts is pretty bad compared to any recent president that I can remember. Uh, and I think a lot of people are beginning to see that hey, this president constantly is running into uh, the law and and he's on the wrong side of it when these when these rulings come down. It's a fascinating dynamic to to truly watch. I want to go to something before we leave because John, I thought you wrote one of the most important, op-eds of the last uh, six months on this issue. I mean, people have been talking about it. How the U.S. federal government fuels child smuggling and trafficking. I wrote it in the Federalist almost a month ago. The Democrats often say, hey, we're the compassionate ones. The reason we're doing this open border is because we care about the people that want to get a better life. That sounds great until you realize that what they've created is a scenario, apparently, that makes the lives of many of these women and children far worse than they were even in their home countries because of child smuggling, human trafficking, drug trafficking. Tell us a little bit about what you wrote about and how real the humanitarian crisis is that the Biden administration has created.
2: Yeah, thanks, John. The, the best way I could put it in one sentence is the federal government operates as a taxpayer-subsidized final leg of a human trafficking industry. And it's really it's really disgusting for all the people who like up their clothing and talk about the the horrors of trafficking they are making it happen we saw this in the trump administration and unfortunately we ran out of time to completely fix it although we were on the right track but what you basically discovered was the federal government pretty much turned a blind eye toward um the cartels driving people into our system and then using our system to have them delivered basically so here's an example like what would happen is They'll dispute this, by the way, but this is we have this confirmed from emails and conversations, firsthand accounts. Uh, I saw it myself and having some of these conversations where um, the Border Patrol would basically tell us that if somebody walks up to them and says, I'm an unaccompanied 17 year old minor, they would send them to the Office of Refugee Resettlement or ORR, which is part of the Department of Health and Human Services, that they're supposed to only send children there. Those facilities are for minors, legit unaccompanied alien children who someone threw out the door to a cartel member and then had them travel with them 2,000 miles. But, you know, do you get these guys who they're <laughs> – they look like they're 25. You know, they've got a 5 o'clock shadow and they've got tattoos all over their face. But if they say I'm a 17-year-old unaccompanied minor, right. the Border Patrol really doesn't ask any questions. Nope. So they will tell you they do, but they do not. No, they admitted they this to on a call to us. So they are knowingly shipping both potent, you know, potential adults who are gang members and criminals but also minor gang members – into these facilities. well, you wanna ask, ask yourself, John, why all of a sudden in the last 20 years, 15, 20 years, we have seen an increase in the number of non-Salvadoran national MS-13 gang members. Well, it's because we're sending MS-13 gang members into child facilities where they're mingling with Hondurans and, and Guatemalans. Now you've seen an increase in the number of MS-13 gang members who originated in Guatemala and Honduras. It's because of us. We have fueled that recruitment effort. So you get these guys who are gang members, they go into these facilities, they get three, you know, they say they're 17. We don't do any due diligence. They sit there for a year and a half. They get three hots in a cot a day right? and they recruit and they live the life of Riley. And then we let them out. Instead of removing them when they turn 18, we then let them go. And then five years later, that person uh, turns out is involved in an, an MS-13 murder. And we go back and we find out they were an ORR and nobody did anything. Mm. Now, the reality is if we did our job at the border, if we, first of all, if we stopped, the gang members from infiltrating the system. But we also stopped just handing children out to unvetted people, the sponsors who pick up these kids. We would actually be doing a good thing, but we're not. We're really literally delivering these children or these gang members to their final destination. And some of these children are raped. Some of these children are killed. Some of these children are sold into slavery. Some of them are quote-unquote recycled. They're put back on planes to become part of family units again. <laughs> so this poor, this poor five-year-old is like, flown back to Guatemala and then made to go the Mexico whole process again. again, right? That leaves a mark, uh, John, like oh. when those kids, the ones who are like legitimate, innocent children yeah. who go through these things, they're going to have problems. If they're here, they're going to have medical and psychological problems in the future years. And that's something to consider too. Really though, the federal government, if it did its job, these cartels wouldn't be able to profit from this. I mean, last summer, I remember in Del Rio, we were told, um, by local law enforcement, the cartels were making $25 million a week, a million with an M a week, pushing people across the border. If the federal government did its job, the cartels would not be making as much or any money and they, their flow would stop. And you, you got to think of like an industry, right? If you want to cripple an industry, what do you do? You do certain things. You attack yeah. overhead. You attack supply lines.
0: We know how to um, do it when we want to. We do it well in America. Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Right. If, if Joe Biden uh, put, fired the same amount of gunfire on uh, human trafficking as he did on the Keystone pipeline, there wouldn't be any human trafficking in the United States.
0: Yeah. John, you always bring so much wisdom. You, are, you have your finger on the pulse of what is one of the most important security and humanitarian issues in our lifetime, and it's always an honor to have you on. How do people follow all the great work that you're now, uh, you're now doing, and in, in, in how can they stay in touch with some of these legal cases that are now going on with America First Legal?
2: Uh, thanks for that, John. So I, at America First Legal, we are uh, doing uh, pretty much everything we can to, to hold the, uh, the Biden crime family to uh, transparency and, and the law. Uh, So we've got everything from working with attorneys general and other litigants in cases where the law is clearly being broken, Uh, amicus briefs. In fact, we just filed one today uh, in one of the big immigration cases in Texas to help uphold MPP. Um, And uh, come on over and check us out if you want to see what we're working on. Or if you have some information for us, you may may be a federal employee or you may be somewhere in the country dealing with a problem, the federal government's abusing you, come tell us. Um, We're at America First Legal. That's aflegal.org, aflegal.org. Come on and check us out.
0: Amazing. Just an amazing uh, amount of work you're doing. And so uh, everybody go check that out. And we're going to get John back on soon because there's no better expert on what's really going on. And then also the legal issues that are being bowled over by the Biden administration than John. So, John, great to have you on. Can't wait to bring you back uh, in a few weeks and get another update because history is moving fast on this issue.
2: Thank you, John. Great to talk to you as always. You
0: as well. All right, folks, stick around. We'll be back in a few minutes to wrap things up. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out. And you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you gotta do to get started, text Just News to 989898 98 98 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation, the way to do it with gold. All you gotta do to get started on that journey with my good friends, who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 98 98 right now. Folks, Field of Greens is the healthiest thing I do every day, and I want you on this journey with me. Why? It's literally one scoop a day. It tastes great. I love the fruit flavors particularly, and it's completely improved my life and my health. This is nutrition the way nature intended. When I began taking a hard look at why I wasn't feeling good and why I felt unhealthy, why I was gaining weight, why I was losing energy, it wasn't just because I had hit my 50s. No, it was because I wasn't getting the right amount of, House Nutrition, and, of course, Field of Greens. All you got to do to take advantage of this offer, visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Don't wait. Go to fieldofgreens.com today. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS for 15% off. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. Be sure to check us out tonight on the just the news not noise television show on real america's voice channel 219 on dish network channel 240 on the pluto network on the roku the samsung the apple and ios apps of just the news and of real america's voice download us some way or just go to the website just slash tv you can see my show there all the time great way to watch it if you're short of a smartphone and near a desktop that's another way to do it all right we're going to be back tomorrow with another Another edition of John Solomon Reports. Before that time, I want to be able to make sure that you are always taking advantage of our partnerships, our sponsors, our advertisers, our partners. They're doing an extraordinary amount of work every day to give you special discounts. And one of those is American Financing. They are one of the country's premier mortgage and homeowner companies. They're taking I'll look out for you. One of the things that you might be thinking about now that mortgages are going up and debt is going up and inflation is soaring and interest rates are trying to be raised to address that, you might want to take some money out of your equity of your home and check things out that way. Get some cash at a good rate before rates go out of control. Our friends at American Financing know how to do that for you. One-stop shopping, easy as pie. Just takes a few seconds. Make sure you check them out every day. They are some of the best in the business, and they are a great partner here. They have special opportunities for Just the News and John Solomon Reports fans. So why not take advantage of your house? Values have been soaring. I think I saw a report more than... 34% growth since February 2020 on home values. Well, that puts some additional equity into your home. Maybe you can take some money off that to do the project you need to pay off the credit cards and get them at a better price. Maybe squirrel some money away for retirement, squirrel some money away for the kids and their college programs. Not a bad time to jump on that plan right now. So go check out our great friends. At American Financing, they are truly experts in this entire process and they're always there for you. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, and podcast from Just the News. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, check out the TV show tonight and be sure to come to justthenews.com in the morning or open up your Just the News iOS and Android app. You know why? Tomorrow, a major story on the Hunter Biden scandal. This focused on... Joe Biden's interactions with Hunter in the effort to get money back and forth to each other. Yes, they were passing dollars back and forth to. You. And then we're going to reveal for the first time an example where Joe Biden is referring somebody to do business with Hunter Biden. You've never seen that message before. Check it out. We'll have it all tomorrow morning at justinnews.com. Until then, may God bless you and may God bless this extraordinary country of the United States. Thanks for listening to John Solomon reports the podcast from Justin News. May God bless you and may God bless this great country. Have a good night. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34-plus plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, You can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket.